In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. You have probably heard of this story already, but let me tell you once again. St. Augustine was one day walking by the seashore, contemplating and trying to understand the mystery of the Holy Trinity. And all of a sudden he saw a little boy running back and forth from the water to a spot on the seashore. The boy was using a seashell to carry the water from the ocean and place it into a small hole in the sand. And the bishop of Hypo, St. Augustine, approached him and asked, My boy, what are you doing? I'm trying to bring all the sea into this little hole. The boy replied with a sweet smile, But that is impossible, my dear child. The hole cannot contain all the water of the ocean, said Augustine. The boy paused in his work, stood up, looked into the eyes of the saint and replied, It is no more impossible than what you are trying to do. Comprehend the immensity of the mystery of the Holy Trinity with your small intelligence. The saint was absorbed by such a keen response from the child and turned his eyes from him for a short while. When he glanced down to ask him something else, the boy had vanished. So what does our faith in the eternal Holy Trinity and, and divided unity teach us? St. Athanasius wrote in his creed, Whosoever wants to be saved before all things, it is necessary that he hold the Catholic faith, of course, which faith except everyone do keep whole and undefiled, without doubt, he shall perish eternally. Now the Catholic faith is this, continues the saint, that we worship one God in Trinity, and Trinity in unity, neither confounding the persons, nor dividing the substance. For there is one person of the Father, another of the Son, and another of the Holy Ghost. But the Godhead of the Father of the Son and of the Holy Ghost is one. The glory equal, the majesty co-eternal. And of quote. So we speak of different persons in the Holy Trinity in God. Because to each person belongs something that we cannot attribute to any other. In fact, if the Father is the Father, then He cannot be the Son. And the Son cannot be called Father. If the Father, I have to make a necessary distinction in the persons in God. So what is this distinction based upon? From what Holy Scripture has revealed us, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We have recognized the Gospel of St. John, the very beginning. And elsewhere, it says, when the truth-giving Spirit who proceeds from the Father, from the Father has come to befriend you. He whom I will send to you from the Father's side, he will bear witness of what I was. And concerning the Father, we read as well, My sheep listen to my voice, says the Lord, and I know them and they follow me. And I give them everlasting life, so that to all eternity they can never be lost. 
No one can tear them away from my hand. This trust which my Father has committed to me is more precious than all else. Precious than all else. No one can tear them away from the hand of my Father. My Father and I are one. The relation is clear. The mystery is revealed, but its comprehension is under a thick veil that our reason can only reach partially without any danger of contradiction, like three flames, perfectly equal, but distinct, making together one and the same flame. Two truths that our reason can approach, the oneness of God and the Trinity in God. However, when put together in our reason or intelligence, it can only remain a strict mystery that this life on earth won't be able to fully understand and explain. Three persons, each one having his distinctive characteristics. The Father, as his name manifests clearly, is the principle of all divinity. Principle without principle. Fatherhood is his characteristic. He is perfect and he begets eternally one person who is equal and similar in everything, and yet distinct, his word, his son. And we have been made adoptive, adoptive sons of the Father through our baptism and through the merits of our Savior on the cross. This is why we can say, Abba, Father. We also traditionally attribute to the Father the work of creation. Creation is what we call the mission of the Father. He is the all-powerful. He was the one who created everything that surrounds us and ourselves. Specific mission of the Father. The Son now. The Son is begotten of the Father by an eternal generation. Perfect image of His Father. To Him belong the glory of the redemption of humankind. To be the Messiah, the Redeemer. This is the mission belonging to the Son. Moreover, the particular relation unites us to the second person of the Holy Trinity. Through Him, we can participate to this divine creation. He is the unique Son, who is thus to become the eldest born among many brethren, as St. Paul says. Finally, the Holy Spirit, now, He proceeds from the Father and the Son. He is the love, as the Son is the Word. He is also called gift. We had these great conferences on the holy gifts of the Holy Spirit. He is called gift himself, from which all other gifts are given. Mutual gift of the Father and the Son, because he is love, but also gift that has been given us. The love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom we have received, as written in the letter to the Romans. His mission now is to teach us, the Father to create, the Son to redeem, the Spirit to teach. When the truth-giving Spirit, who proceeds from the Father, says the Gospel, has come to befriend you, uh, St. Paul said, to become you, to befriend you, he 
whom I will send to you from the Father's side, he will bear witness of what I was. So these three missions of the divine persons only have one purpose, the sanctification of men. Creation, redemption, and teaching us the way to heaven. <clears throat> sanctification that consists in the union with God. The three persons are said to be sent to us, mission, in, in Latin, to be sent, in order to make our soul there, in our soul their abode. These missions, therefore, coincide with the gift made to us of sanctifying grace, when we remain in the state of grace without mortal sin on our soul. So let us simply conclude with the beautiful prayer from Blessed Elizabeth of the Holy Trinity, uh, whose writing I recommend during this, uh, this week as we meditate and contemplate the mystery of the Holy Trinity. Once again, this is Blessed Elizabeth of the Holy Trinity. O Eternal Word, utterance of my God, I want to spend my life listening to you, to become totally teachable so that I might learn all from you. Through all darkness, all emptiness, all powerlessness, I want to keep my eyes fixed on you and to remain under your great light. O consuming, consuming fire, spirit of love, overshadow me so that the word may be, as it were, incarnate again in my soul. May I be for him a new humanity in which he can renew all his mystery. And you, O oh Father, bend down towards your poor little creature. Cover her with your shadow. shadow. See in her only your beloved Son, in who you are well pleased. O oh, my three, my all, my beatitude, infinite solitude, immensity in which I lose myself, I surrender myself to you as your prey. Immerse yourself in me, so that I may be immersed in you until I go to contemplate in your light the abyss of your splendor. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.